Michelle with the Unapologetically Michelle Show. So I am here today in order to do a spotlight. One of the things that I love to do is to talk to individuals that are doing great things within the city of Indianapolis and that are actually acting as an incubator for other businesses to be able to show up, produce what it is that they have as a product so that they can find their community and that community can come out and consume their products. So today on the show, we have Dominic Dorsey. So Dominic, why don't you introduce yourself to our listening and viewing audience? Thank you. First and foremost, thanks for letting me uh, take a small piece of your show and, and have an opportunity to talk about what it is that we do. Um, again, my name is Dominic Dorsey. I am the founder of uh, Naptown Don't Sleep. Uh, we do several organize, organized events throughout the city, uh, most notably the ones that I think a lot of people have been a part of or may know us for is uh, the Black-Owned Business Block Party that happens in the summer, Blacktoberfest, uh, Melanin in May, and now we're gearing up for uh, this Saturday, our sixth annual Black Business Bazaar. It's our holiday bazaar, and this year is the biggest year that we've ever done it in terms of size and scope, uh, so we're really excited about it and looking forward to everybody coming out and taking part. So I want to jump right into it because, you know, we've been offline talking a little bit. So I want to jump right into it. So how did you even get started with this? Well, before you answer that question. Okay. Because you, your name of it is Naptown Don't Sleep. Mm -hmm. But the don't sleep stands for something. So what does the don't sleep stand for? So Don't Sleep is an acronym that stands for Deconstructing Oppression Now Through Solidarity, Liberation, Equity, Empowerment, and Perseverance. Um, so it's a double entendre, obviously. Uh, it's, you know, nap town, uh, but also it's the, the notion that we need to be awake. We need to be uh, aware, that we need to be in tune. And in the process of doing so, we need to be collaborative and we need to understand that our oppressions are inextricably linked. So if you're not fighting for the liberation of all people, then you're not fighting for liberation, you're fighting for privilege. So what is it, what privilege is it that I hold and how can I weaponize that to make life easier for people who have or experience oppression on multiple levels, on an intersection of all of their identities? Um, how can I use my male privilege? Uh, how can I use my, my privilege as a cisgender heterosexual man? Like, you know, there are things that in my life are not difficult because of that particular identity. There are other things about my identity that may be difficult, but what can I do to make life less challenging for others? And in the process, how can other people who have privilege that I don't do the same for me? Um, and it's a collaborative effort. It's one of those situations where while we've been known for vendor events, we've done tremendous things all throughout the city that probably don't get the same level of attention. Um, like True Dialogue is coming up in, in uh, February, and that's always our youth-centered event um, focused on elevating the voice of the youth and sh kind of shifting the dialogue from youth listening to adults to adults listening to the youth to gain a much more um, intentional and um, uh, well-rounded perspective. Um, uh, shout out to Raven Rigel, um and, and the whole team. It was a collaborative effort of many different organizations just to feed the streets back on the 10th of December, giving out, you know, um, kits and haircuts and beauty tips. Um, again, there's there's so many different facets and aspects of things and ways in which we move within the city and assist and scaffold other organizations. Um, you know, that the Naptown Don't Sleep arm, it's really just the, again, those vendor events building opportunities where we can maximize not only the impact on supporting black owned businesses, providing opportunities for them to, you know, uh, increase in their entrepreneurship network, figure out how they can kind of put a rocket on their back and boost their business, but also bring in things like, you know, this year we're doing COVID-19 boosters and flu vaccinations. We've done um, uh, voter registration. What other resources can we bring to the community since we've got this mass swell of people? How can we also put some literature in your hand? How can we increase the knowledge and the education in addition to creating spaces for unapologetic black joy? So, you know, we're just trying to hit all of those spaces, all of those buttons and providing an opportunity for, for individuals to love on one another and support another business. I think that's really awesome. Um, like I told you, my very first time doing Blacktoberfest was this year. And it was exciting. I mean, it, it the air in the place was electric. 
for anybody that actually came in and we came in like right when you were getting started and we left like midway through and there was a steady stream of people coming in. People were coming in, doing what they were doing and heading out. And there was one, one young lady that you had that it was, it was ingenious as far as I'm concerned. She did the picnics, the personal picnics mm -hmm. where she had the bubble where mm -hmm. you would have your picnic. Mm -hmm. As, as long as I've been in Indianapolis all of my life, I've never seen that. Yeah. But she says she does it all the time. And so it was an opportunity for people like me to see things we had never seen before and to be able to experience things that we had not experienced previously. Stick and stay as we take a brief commercial break. The Black Christmas Messiah is coming! Saturday, December 17th from 11 to 5. And ice skating presents. And I get cookies. There's toys, girls, and lots of fun. I get to see Santa. Come stop in the 100 black owned businesses. Now back to our conversation. Because the key to it is, is that what you've done and what you have built, people have recognized the value of it. And they're willing to invest in it in order to help their companies and their businesses grow. So when you first decided to start doing this, what was the thing that came to mind and says, yeah, I want to do this? Well, first and foremost, I appreciate that those, those kind of words in terms of uh, being able to create something that people find value in. Um, and ironically, the genesis of, of these types of events really started selfishly. Um, and we talked a little bit about Black Expo online, but that's that's really what the genesis was for me. So I, I grew up, you know, getting with my boys. We go downtown, we get dressed up, you know, we're trying to be seen and see other people. Um, there was, you talk about that electric energy, there was something palpable. Um, you know, we, we live in Indiana. Uh, it's not necessarily known for being a Mecca for black folks, but, you know, when we got together for Expo and Classic, that was our time. Um, and, and around 2016, Expo wasn't given Expo. You know, it was summer celebration, which was something completely different and that people didn't really have an opportunity to wrap their heads around. So when we started looking for us in that space, you know, people were either not bothered or couldn't, you know, really they didn't seem excited to participate. So it's like, how can we bring that expo feeling back? I just wish I had a space where we could get a bunch of black owned businesses together, you know, listen to some music, like what would that look like? And it was a Facebook post. It's like, if I do this, who would come? And everybody said they would come. And I was like, I just need a place to do it. And Brandon Cosby, who's a, a great friend and partner, we've done every year at, uh, at Flanner House. He was like, I don't care what you do, but I want you to do it here. Um, so that first year we were out there in the field, we borrowed some tables, we got everything together and it, it just came together and it was beautiful. Um, and to my knowledge, like nobody was doing anything like that back then, but it was again, an opportunity for people to say, I had no idea we had this level of talent in the artist community, like musicianship, visual artistry, like all of it. Like I had no idea that there was this level of craftsmanship in terms of vendors, like people selling, you know, uh, health and beauty products, people who are creating logos and brands and clothing. Um, there's some true artists, some true entrepreneurs here in the city, homegrown, many of them selling things out of their homes, selling stuff out of their trunk. But this was an opportunity for them to connect with the community and for the community to say, I see you, I recognize you, and I don't just want to patronize you today, but I want to get stuff from you in the future. So how can we connect? Um, and it just kind of blossomed from there. And it's like, okay, so this year we did 50 vendors. Let's see if we can do 75. Okay, this year we did 75. 
let's see if we can do 80. Like, okay, well, we did 80. Let's see if we could do 100. And like, okay, well, we had some, you know, performers. We had some spoken word artists. Let's see if we can get a band. Let's see if we can get two bands. Let's see if we can get a stage. So each year, it's like, what else can we add? How much bigger can it get? Uh, what, what else can we do? Um, and, and again, I'm just thankful and appreciative. I, I said this a couple of times, like, you know, when, when people talk about these events, they talk about me. Um, but I really think of this as a we project. This is really something that belongs to the city of Indianapolis, because without the community support, there would be no events um, without people feeling like this is something that they must attend. This wouldn't be even be a topic of conversation. So I'm appreciative to every single individual who's ever come out and made this something magical for the city of Indianapolis. Well, I tell you from me, um, I've experienced the summer celebration that you've done. I've done Oktoberfest now. And so Saturday, I will definitely be at the sixth annual Black Business Bazaar. So why don't you give them the specific information um, that goes along with that? And then we'll talk about that a little bit more. Absolutely. So this is, again, our sixth year doing the, the Black Business Bazaar. Uh, we intentionally partnered with uh, Faber-Carr Glick Center. Uh, what a lot of people don't realize is uh, Contrary to popular belief, I don't make a dime <laughs> off of these events. We don't make any money. This is not a, a profit-driven industry. So every dime that we get from registration, we donate to the centers that we partner with. So uh, when Faber-Carr Glick does their Christmas outreach, we use the money from registrations, donate that to Faber-Carr, and they use that for their initiatives and to support the things that they do out of that center. Um, and in exchange, they let us use the space. Uh, and in using the space, we can help to promote the great things that they're doing there and all of the awesome uh, resources and, and ways in which that they support the community there on um, 2990 71st Street. Um, this year, we have 100 vendors. Uh, why? Because when we first opened it up and said, hey, we've got space for 60, they was like, well, that's not enough. We need more. We need to get in there, too. I don't, I don't care where we have to be. Like, we got to get heaters. We're going to be outside. OK. So I reached out to Patrice. It's like, how much more space can you give me? And she said, well, we can use the main building. We can use the space behind the pavilion. We can use the space on the side of it. I was like, give it all to me. So now we've opened it up and we've got not one, not two, but three different areas spread out across every inch of Faber-Carr Glick's campus uh, where we're doing our Black Santa experience, which is going to be amazing. Uh, it's always been a personal point of pride to see young Black and brown kids, to see uh, you know, I didn't grow up seeing a black Santa, you know, every Santa, you know, like Miracle on 34th Street, all that has always been a white Santa. But when you think about the magic of Christmas, what's more magical than black magic? What's more magical than, than seeing melanated magic at Christmas? So to see a black Santa and to see their faces light up, uh, it, it's it's an amazing experience. Um, we've also partnered with uh, my, my good friend, Ronald Craig. Uh, he's going to be hosting um, he, he does the uh, Elsewhere Digital Art Gallery, but he's put together some letters to Santa. They're, they're Afrocentrically themed um, so that he can sit down with the kids, young and old, help them write their, their letters to Santa. Um, we, we partner with Something Sweet, uh, Cookies and Sweets. Uh, they're going to be giving a thousand cookies to the first, you know, a thousand kids who come into the door. Right. Um, and then we've also partnered with Ray Marcel Photography, who's going to be taking pictures, family photos, individual photos uh, with Santa during that event. Um, and then obviously the kids are going to have opportunities to interact with Santa. And then area one is just going to be filled with kid and family friendly uh, businesses. More, all of them are family friendly, but ones that are really geared towards uh, youth. Um, and then as we enter into uh, area two, that's where we have the most massive collection of vendors. So we've got, um, you know, Guys Cooking Creation is going to be operating out of the concession stand. 61 black owned vendors. Uh, DJ Grapevine is going to be spinning in the corner. Um, we've got um, uh, Bougie Booze by Tara and uh, Sip and Share Wine. They're going to be serving up drinks. Uh, uh, what is it? Gordon's Milkshake. Uh, bar. If nobody's ever had a chance to check that out, he's over on Mass Ave. He's actually going to be doing some alcoholic uh, sherbet, which is something I really want to try. Um, <laughs> and then we've got uh, food trucks. There's like six food trucks. So we're going to have all this amazing food, all this amazing drinks and vendors, like I said, selling everything from art and photography all the way to youth services, um, amazing digital and physical art pieces. Uh, if you like jewelry, they'll have jewelry. If you like clothes, I mean, these are black owned brands. These aren't, you know, people who are selling, you know, clothes from other vendors like, a, you know, uh, one of these 
online stores where you're just buying a nameless brand like no we're talking about you know uh the black exchange when we talk about uh black sheep collective when we talk about rock a block when you talk about 28 boutique these are brands and they're they're selling their goods and services to the community um and when people come and patronize them they're helping people to you know not only support their business but they're paying people's rent they're paying their kids tuition you know they're keeping their lights on uh so it's it's a huge give back and then in area three along with additional vendors we're going to have our wakanda wonderland ice skating rink um and if you grew up like i did watching christmas uh carols and movies and things of that nature whenever i think about christmas i'm thinking about two things i'm thinking about home alone and i'm thinking about the the charlie brown christmas special where you see all the kids skating around on the ice skating rink and when i was a kid i never had it there was no ice skating rinks near us and if we wanted to go ice skating, we'd have to find somebody who would take us or we'd have to be able to afford it. So right. we're giving free ice skating, the free skate rental, you know, for kids and adults. Uh, there's room for, you know, 24 people at a time to get on this ice skating rink. But if you've never had an opportunity to ice skate, you've always wanted to do it. This is an opportunity for you to try it risk free with your friends, with your loved ones, with your kids. Come out, ice skate. Come get some great food. Come take pictures with Santa, you know, just enjoy the day. Um, you'll probably be there if you're there from 11 to 5 and still not get a chance to see and do everything. I know because I'm running it and I've tried and I never can. But um, it's going to be fun trying. And, and we encourage everybody to do that. However, I have noticed that every event that I have attended that you have organized, there has been a huge turnout, not just of us. Mm hmm but of other races as well that are coming out because they're interested in what's going on. They want to see the same things that we're seeing. I want to go back to Blacktoberfest. How did you end up at that location? <laughs> um, so again, it's it's all intentional. So uh, the location was at the, the lodge. It's a Masonic lodge. Um, and for people who are not familiar with Blue House Lodges or Masonic Lodges, uh, the ways in which they make money is by renting out their facility, you know, to other organizations, to people who are throwing events and things of that nature. So with COVID, uh, that kind of shut things down for them in the same ways that, that you know, everybody else was impacted and was forced to go home. Uh, that's another way that they were impacted and saying, like, how can we raise money if we don't have access to the lodge? And they do amazing work in the community, too. They give back bikes. They do Easter uh, giveaways and things of that nature. The, the same stuff that you see from some of these other larger uh, community organizations are things that they do. So how can we help them who, you know, when you think about Blue House Lodges, when you think about Masonic Order, some of the most amazing and prolific uh, Black notable figures in our community have been Masons and they've continued to be on the forefront of community organizing and activism. So how can we help preserve those entities within our city? So it's like, again, I see all this space. I see this big, huge parking lot. What if you let me have it and in exchange, we can help donate. And it's like done. So that's just been, again, an amazing partnership where we've been able to, again, promote the great work that they're doing there already. And then very intentionally do it in that neighborhood, in that community. Um, we want to do something for ourselves in terms of create a place that feels safe, that feels protected, that feels, you know, um, affirming and, and feels restorative. But at the same token, like when you look at a lot of the areas in our city, they're being gentrified, you know, mm -hmm. as we speak. So how can we go in the midst of these areas where, you know, houses are being thrown up and, you know, people who look like us are being shoved out and saying we're going to be as loud and as, a, a, you know, bombastic and, you know, unapologetic. <laughs> we're going to bump our music. We go. And you know what? They're peeking out the windows and they're stepping on the front porch. And next thing you know, they're shopping as well. You know, when, when you when you radiate joy like that is something that everyone wants to be a part of regardless of what their background their socioeconomic status their race ethnicity you know gender what have you um it's not it's a judgment-free zone uh -huh. and when you experience that when you witness that you want to be a part of it so you know yeah we've got white you know members of the community who come out we've got asian members of the community latino members of the community uh you know it's it's what we would envision and would want every space in our city to be but if we can only do it for six hours at a time, you know, once every few months, so be it. But maybe it'll build a model for other people to be able to replicate and we can make that something that will eventually be our daily existence. You know, I, I have to say for the listening and viewing audience as well, 
I had tried to get in to be a vendor <laughs> at the Black make me feel Star, but it was it was it was amazing in the sense that it went up. I guarantee you, it was less than a minute later that I was trying to get in, and I ended up getting into the wait list. And not the actual. I don't know how people were getting in ahead of me or anything, because it it's, was like it's interesting. It's like Hunger Games, like you know. Uh, <laughs> and people have told me stories about how they do it. Like I, I have a friend who's a teacher, and she said I told all my kids to get their cell phones out, and the first one that got in, they were going to get extra credit. Like I was hearing people that's doing it on the cell phone the same time as they're doing it on the computer at work, like. People are, are really like trying to find the best ways in which to get in. And it's not like, you know, oh, I'm just going to log in. And, you know, people are strategizing as to how to get into this event. When we opened up registration for Blacktoberfest, they crashed the website. So I had to literally work with my hosting provider to say, how can I prevent this from happening in the future? <laughs> um, and then, you know, again, with, with, you know, the Black Business Bazaar, and there's significantly fewer spots or were than what we were offering for Blacktoberfest. And it's just the outpouring of people wanting to take part was so huge. Um, we did our best to try to accommodate people. And, you know, my phone is still going off. It's like, hey, you know, did anybody, you know, even if it's the day of the event, let me know and I will be there with my stuff. So um, again, I, I think that it's a testament to the fact that we've been able to create something that people feel a need to be a part of or want to be a part of. Um, either because it's something that they really feel like is going to be a good look and a good platform for their brand or because they just want to be in the space and to say, hey, I was there. Um, and, and all those things, I think, are beautiful. I think they are. So I want to go back to something that you said a minute ago, because you said you make no money off of these events at all. The money that you bring in outside of the expenses for the actual event, you donate it back to whichever agency that you are working with that is giving you the space to be able to do the event. Mm -hmm. That is really unheard of because everyone takes some percentage of the money coming in to cover their own personal time or whatever. You're giving it all back and making sure that the community benefits from what it is that is being offered. And so in essence, it's a win-win. It's a win for the vendors that are coming to sell their products and, and for the consumers that are coming in to consume the products. But even for the community that is where the event is taking place, because you're giving back to these agencies that are now going to be able to do more within the communities in which they, they are operating in. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all extremely intentional. I mean, so I guess from one perspective, you could say if someone wanted to, to rent out a facility or something like that, they'd have to pay for it. Mm -hmm. um, and in the process of them paying for it, what are they going to do? They're going to either raise the cost of, you know, the vendor's registration or they're going to charge admission. All of our events are free to the community because, again, we want you, we don't want to have to tax you mm -hmm. to be a part of something that we want everyone to experience. A. B, the less money you spend getting in, the more money that you have to spend with the businesses. So, you know, we're not charging an arm and a leg for the vendors. The vendor fee is like 25 bucks. Um, and that's affordable for someone who's just starting out. Like, you know, they're hedging their bets. So you could spend a couple hundred dollars up to a thousand dollars to be a part of some of these other vendor fairs, you know, these larger scale events and may not see a quarter of the audience. Um, but, you know, you can make a measured impact if you're spending twenty five dollars and you make two thousand dollars on the day. That's all profit. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's one of those situations where we walk around and say, hey, how'd you do today? It's like I did great. Right. Like I did better today than I did all last month. These are the types of comments that we want to hear. I never want to hear like, you know, hey, I felt took, you know, I, I'm never going to do another one of these events again. It cost way too much money. None of that. Um, and, and even in terms of our sponsorships, our balance is zero at the end of the event. So it's like, hey, we need help getting a stage. Hey, we need help getting this ice skating rink or we want to be able to bring this artist. Um, and again, it's like, you know, paying artists what they're worth. Um, there's been so many times where it's like, we would love for you to perform. What's your rate? They say, well, what's that? <laughs> like, you know, there's been a long time where people will say, you know, hey, you can perform here for exposure. 
Like, no, exposure is not going to feed your kids. Exposure is not right. going to pay your bills. So let's figure out what your rate is. Hey, what's your contract look like? Um, and the next time we talk to them, like, you know, like their their scale has increased. Their rate has increased. Um, their their profile, their visibility, all of that. And again, it's it's elevating everyone who's involved and making sure that, you know, the way that you left is better than the way that you came in. That is commendable. You know, I am... I do events myself and I know a lot of times as the vendor, sometimes the only money you make is what you put into it. You don't, mm -hmm. you don't get, see a profit on the other end of it. And so these individuals actually are having an opportunity to benefit um, on a larger scale because the foot traffic alone is giving, giving you an opportunity to be seen. Mm -hmm. So then if they hear about your company, oh, yeah, I remember I saw them at such and such. And this is what they've got. And, you know, word of mouth goes a long way because Absolutely. if I know about you, then that means I stood there long enough to talk to you to find out what it is that you do because you impressed me in that moment. And I think that that is huge. I know when we came out, Eagle Entertainment came out to cover the Blacktoberfest and we were waiting for you to get finished with some of the um, interviews that you were doing. But I noticed people coming by and they wanted to make sure that they said hi to you. They wanted to make sure that you knew that they were there. Um, it shows the respect that the community has for you in knowing that this is something that you are doing to give back to the community. Stick and stay as we take a brief commercial break. Are you sick and tired of feeling like you are not enough? Have you wasted precious time and energy trying to fix yourself instead of loving, accepting, and celebrating yourself? Couples, are you struggling in your relationship? Are you wishing there was a simpler way to achieve your dreams, live intentionally while preserving your health, happiness, relationships, faith, finances, and environment? Well, wish no more. The Unapologetically Blacknificent Intentional Living Journal for Men and Women is designed for individuals and couples to work the activities individually or together while learning how to build a fulfilling relationship and life. Couples, this is your opportunity to build a rewarding, loving, and lasting relationship. Order your copy today and spend the next 31 days creating the blueprint to live a life full of love, achievements, and fulfillment at www.bloodsoulpublishing.com. Now back to our conversation. And I think a lot of times people don't understand that even though we may do the community stuff that we do, there's a whole nother side to us. Mm -hmm. So I want to get to know who Dominic Dorsey is. Oh, wow. Who is Dominic Dorsey? Um, I am just another brother late paying his rent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, like I, no, I, let me not joke. I'm, I'm actually very blessed. Uh, I, I have, I, I'm gainfully employed. You know, I'm, you know, thankful. I have been in a position where I was living paycheck to pawn shop uh barely making ends meet but um i'm blessed to be able to provide for myself and my family i actually work at southern illinois university in edwardsville so i'm about 30 minutes north of uh st louis and so what a lot of people i'm in indy so often that they don't they haven't realized that i moved so i left about five years ago um again for an opportunity to be able to take better care of my family um, but I'm intentional about coming back and, and doing things in Indianapolis because that's first and foremost my home. That's where I was born. That's where I was raised. That's where my family is. Um, and, and, you know, when it comes to promotion, when it comes to the people who are coming out, like when you said people were stopping to see me, because these are my family members. These are my peoples. These are folks that I went to high school with. These are people that I used to work with when I lived in the city. Um, I don't think that I would be able to organize on the level that we've been able to accomplish in Indianapolis anywhere else because it's all relationships. It's all relationship building that has happened over the course of my entire lifetime, you know, 40 plus years. So now when it comes to, you know, when I come home, 
it's it's always a situation where it's like, when are you gonna take a break? When are you gonna take a vacation? It's like, ah, I want to. Um, uh, uh, my my OG, uh, she volunteers at every event. Um, her name is is Miriam, um, and and she's always fussing at me and saying, you know, you need to do this, you need to do that. And we were talking after Blacktoberfest. She's like, so so what are you doing next? You gonna take a break? You gonna rest? And I was like. I don't know if I'm be able to do December. I'm tired. I, I need I need to rest. You know, maybe maybe we'll do the the Black History Month Bazaar. Maybe I need to take a few more months off. And then, then she looked up and we were advertising for December. She's like, I thought you said you was gonna take a break. <laughs> um I, I I it's it's so you talk about like the the nonsense on the job and you know working in higher education. Um there's not a lot of people who look like us. Yes. So, you know, you spend a lot of time being gaslit. You spend a lot of time facing scrutiny that, you know, non-melanated counterparts don't receive. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's a lot of trying to mitigate what you're feeling in the moment against pressing the button on an email that could potentially get you fired. Uh, so when I'm able to do events like this, where, again, I feel restored, where I do feel like I'm surrounded by people who get it instinctively, um, and feel it and me, uh, I need that after three months of not being able to experience that or being plugged into that. So, you know, I'm thankful for my wife and my children who allow me to spend the time throughout the year to, you know, promote and to annoy people through Facebook posts and Instagram and videos saying, you know, hey, you need to come out to this event. Hey, do this. Um, in addition to just being a dad, and, and just being a husband and trying to be the best son I possibly can be to my, my mother and my father and, you know, my, my extended family, my, my stepmom, my stepdad, uh, my mother-in-law, uh, my, my siblings, you know, um, family's important. Um, and, and being a member of the community in a way that is edifying is important. Um, and that's what it's all about for me. I think that is that's very important. Now, I know that I had listened to the promo that you have out for the Black Business Bazaar and your daughter is mm -hmm. the voice of the promo. How did that come about? So I was actually, so I've done like three videos, three commercials for uh, uh, Black Business Bazaar, which is probably the most that we've done so far, but it's just like, okay, we've got new things added. We've got new sponsors. So I wanna make sure that I keep it updated. Um, and you know, she's five and she wants my attention. She, she's, you know, someday she's a daddy's girl. Sometimes she's a mommy's girl. Uh, but this particular day, she's like, Daddy, play with me. Daddy, play with me. I was like, well, let me finish this first. And then I'm looking at her and she's kind of a ham. She enjoys the camera and things that I just like, would you want to record with Daddy? She's like, yeah. So I'm surprised if she wasn't in the playroom now, she'd be jumping on the microphone now. But, <laughs> you know, I just I just sat her on my lap and I kept the headphones on. And I told her what to say and she repeated it. Or, you know, if she could remember a whole phrase, she'd say the whole phrase. And if not, we chop it up and I just did it and, and recorded it. And by the time I finished it and played it for her, she was so excited. She was falling over. She wanted to run and show everybody. So, you know, that I can say that she got her first voiceover, right? So if this is something that she wants to do, now she's building a resume at five years old. Um, for Blacktoberfest, I mentioned them before, one of our, our good friends through vending is um, Black Sheep Collective. Mm -hmm. And their son had produced a commercial for their school. So I reached out to him. I said, hey, would he like to do a commercial for Blacktoberfest? And he produced a commercial. I sent him a, a check and said, you know, congratulations. Now up your price and, and do some more. Um, I don't think it's ever too early to start figuring out your value and finding out your passion and, and trying to, you know, find ways to be self-sufficient. And this may be something that either one of them don't want to do in the future, uh, but it's an experience and something that they can look back on and say that's something that I did and it was successful. If nothing else, it goes great on the college application. Absolutely. 100%. Nothing else. And as we as we get gear up for Saturday's event, is there something specific that you want Indianapolis to know um, as they prepare for a Saturday? So the one thing I want you to know is not to be discouraged when you see a full parking lot. Um, we actually have two additional parking spaces. So, you know, we have shuttle parking. Again, shout out to Patrice, who is the the director over at Faber Glick. You know, we've had extensive conversations. We've done this a number of years, uh, but they actually have a shuttle. So you can park at New Augusta. You can park at New Hope Church. They're both down the street from Faber Glick. And there's a shuttle that will come around and pick you up from a designated location and bring you to the event. Um, and then once you get there, just just have a ball. 
like, you know, just, just enjoy yourself. Um, meet as many of the vendors as you possibly can. Even if you don't buy something, get their business card. Uh, because, you know, you might get something from one is like, I didn't see you. I like I like their candles, but I like your candles, too. And it's not a competition thing, but it's like, OK, so how can I get some from you in the future? You have a website. Let me get your card. Um, I, I would be rolled out of there if I tried to eat from every single food truck. But again, get their information, figure out how you can follow them, because many of them are parked in Kroger parking lots or you know out in front of hospitals and things of that nature. You might be able to follow them on, on a given day instead of going and spending money at a restaurant. You can patronize them. Um, I encourage people just the same way that I encourage the vendors. Uh, if you're attending to build relationships with these vendors, because these are members of your community and people that you could patronize in the future. We spend so much money on Black Friday and Cyber Monday and every single day of the week uh, with faceless businesses, mm -hmm. big names, but faceless businesses. These are people who are members of your community who you can directly support and make an impact and circulate our dollars within the black community in a way that's going to be helpful uh, instead of harmful. So if you're coming out, um, know that you too are taking part in real time activism, real time community organizing, um, because it's a collective movement and it takes every single one of us in order to make it successful. That is now that's ingenious, you know, because I'm one. I'll tell you in a minute. Uh, there ain't nowhere to park over here. Uh, I guess I ain't going because I ain't walking <laughs> from from down the way and around the corner and around the bend in order to get back over here. Well, you um, know, the one thing I can say about black folks is we create some stuff because uh, Melanin in May, we had a whole parking lot across the street and folks was parked all the way down 38th, down past the, the beauty supply. They were just making parking spaces. So yep, we, we want people to know there's designated parking. You don't have to, you know, <laughs> T-bone somebody car, or block anybody in. We want everybody to be able to get in and out of the parking lot um, in, a, in a safe and orderly fashion, but we have designated parking lots. You don't have to walk. There's gonna be somebody that'll pick you up and bring you where you need to be and they take you back. Because that's the other thing. You don't want to, if you come out and you shopping, like shopping, shopping, you don't want to have to carry that to your car. So have, you know, the shuttle pick you up, take you back to where you're going and, and have a great day. Enjoy yourself. Stick and stay as we take a brief commercial break. I'm so excited. The Black Christmas Messiah is coming. Saturday, December 17th from 11 to 5. My son's birthday is actually Christmas Eve. So uh, we get to celebrate his birthday, which is something, you know, he's my firstborn. He's my best friend. So I'm always looking forward to an opportunity to celebrate him. Um, just just a, a much needed break, um, you know, and, you know, I use the word break in internal parentheticals and quotes because, you know, when you're your parent, you never really have a break when you got your kids at home. You have to find ways to entertain them or keep them from breaking stuff. Um, but you know, there'll be a time when I don't have my kids in the house and I'll be missing that noise and I'll be missing that, that quiet that also makes you terrified. Uh, -huh. uh so I'm, I'm just going to be, uh, as, as much of a participative dad as humanly possible. Uh, my son hasn't seen the house decorated yet. So he always gets a kick out of that type of stuff. Take my kids to Christmas at the zoo, um, watching my family open up their Christmas gifts, you know, all those, those types of things, just, just really making memories, um, and enjoying the holiday season and, and the part that makes it magical is spending it with the people that you love. Definitely. I'm going I'm to say something. It's going to be, you're going to understand it. My mom's 84. Mm. 
and she lives in Illinois, her hometown where she was born and raised. And then her father got a job here at Chrysler in Indianapolis. So they moved to Indianapolis. So we were going, to, I was going up there for Christmas to spend with her like I did for Thanksgiving. And um, for whatever reason, she had stuck in her head that she needed to come here. And we, I was like, mom, but I'm coming there. You know, me and my other sister will be there. We'll spend Christmas with you. We'll be right there. And it, her grandkids had to get involved mm. in order for her to stay put and allow us to come to her. Yeah. Um, and it, it's one of those things where you don't want to miss what you've always been used to. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the things that I think for our community, everybody is really rallying behind it because they've already gotten used to the Black Business Bazaar. They've gotten used to the different events that you're putting on. And so now they, they're waiting with bated breath to be able to come out and see what new thing you're going to be adding into the mix this go round. Unheard of to have a skating rink at a black business bazaar, but you're making it to where it is available to have families experience their first, Mm -hmm. to experience something that other communities take for granted, but is not common within their homes or within their communities. And I think that that speaks volumes to families knowing that they'll be able to take advantage of these opportunities. So, Dominique, I I thank you for you taking the time out to plan these events and to share them with the communities for them to be able to have something to look forward to. Because you were right when you said growing up, Black Expo was it. We had Black Expo and we had the classic. Mm-hmm. And even from Chicago and St. Louis and Louisville, people were pouring into Indianapolis to be able to participate in these events. And they just stopped being that. And so we, it's almost like it was almost a culture shock to us because little by little folks stopped participating and it lost its draw that it once had. And so I'm excited to see how things are really going to build up for people to be able to see, okay, this is what he's doing. Mm -hmm. So how can, how can someone partner with you to make sure that your next one could be even bigger and better than the previous one? Yeah. And, and it, it's been, you know, amazing to be able to do just that. So, you know, some of our biggest name vendors are all black owned businesses. So when you talk about like, you know, compassionate senior care, black onyx, uh, you know, uh, when you talk about our, our newest partner, our newest vibranium level, uh, partner, uh, Total Solutions, CPA, you know, these are all black owned enterprises. Um, and it's not like they're trying to reinvent the wheel. It's like, you know, how can we come alongside mm-hmm. and scaffold what's being done? Um, and, and I think collaboration is important. And I think that everybody who comes to the table might not necessarily need to be in the realm of programming or, you know, just being the A&R and picking the artists who are performing any of the other type of stuff. But it's like, we want it to be bigger. And, and here's a way that we can help to support doing that. So like when we did the the block party in, you know, in August and, you know, um, uh, Eskenazi came on board and they were like, hey, we want to do health and wellness checks. Great. We'll, we'll devote a whole side of the event just so Eskenazi can come and do health and wellness checks for the members of the community here. Um, and that's something that was unheard of and that we had never done before, but we wouldn't be able to do had it not been for that partnership. So we're always looking for ways that we can expand and provide more services, more resources to the community. Um, and, and who knows, you know, that this may be something that becomes an even larger institution and hopefully it doesn't become something that people fall out of love with or that, you know, we become so out of touch that that people are starting to talk about these events the same way that they started talking about uh, Expo and Classic. But um, hopefully we can find a place in people's hearts that they they are as passionate about it as they have been about those Hallmark events. I think that they will. So if someone wants to partner with you, they want to collaborate with you, they even for like Bledsoe Publishing, let's say your next event, I'll say 
Dominic, how can I come alongside of you and help you make this event everything that you want it to be? What would you advise? Um, it's really conversations, honestly. Um, I, it's it's not like some grandiose pitch. Like people will say, oh, what's your pitch deck look like? It's like a phone conversation, a Facebook message, an email. Um, it's It's super grassroots. It's really like, you know, hey, how can I help? What do you want to do? what what would benefit you in this partnership what would you know what makes sense to you so you know even with working with iHeartMedia media and, and real 98.3 it's like it was a conversation it's like how can we make this work what would be beneficial for you in terms of you know uh, expanding your platform and expanding your voice um so we've just been fortunate that that again that relationship building is paramount it's it's not built on commerce it's built on community so if if you want to be in community with us um, we have vendors that you know come alongside and say hey i got a hundred dollars you know it's the equivalent of i got five on it like you know i may not be able to give you two grand but i've got a hundred dollars and great so let's get you on a step and repeat and you know they may not have have an opportunity to get on another step and repeat but they can say look there's my logo and i was part of making this a success um and that means something to people and it means something to me and hopefully it means something to the community to be able to see just a wall of black owned businesses their logos and saying I wonder what they do. I don't even care what it is, but I'm going to go support them. Um, and that create that continues that cycle of, of revolutionary support. And so I encourage anyone that is interested in coming alongside Dominic in what it is that he's doing, because right now it's really is a community. He's building an even larger community than what he is already experiencing. So make that call, send that email, send that that instant messenger to him and let him know what it is that you are wanting to do to make sure that this continues because this is something that uplifts. Now, it's enough about us in the news talking about black on black crime and this person and killed that person and someone over on 32nd Street and got killed, but we're not hearing about all of the positive things that are happening that lifts up and builds up our community. So Dominic, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you so very much for coming on and sharing what it is that you're doing, being able to let Indianapolis know about the Black Business Bazaar that is happening on Saturday. And so I'm going to stop talking and give you an opportunity to close out the show with anything that you want to share. Absolutely. So again, we're, we're so excited. Our sixth year of doing the Black Owned Business Bazaar. The Black Business Bazaar takes place every year at Faber-Carr Glick Center, 2990 West 71st Street. We've got 100 Black Owned vendors of our Black Santa experience. We've got our Wakanda Wonderland ice skating rink. We got some live performances. Uh, we got Jerome Saxon is going to be playing some amazing holiday tunes on his saxophone, as well as DJ Grapevine, who's going to be spinning in the pavilion. Uh, again, our Wakanda Wonderland ice skating rink, six food trucks. It's going to be an amazing day. And if you're not coming out there for anything else, make sure that you're taking care of your health. We've got our COVID-19 uh, booster and flu shot clinic. I want you to come out and get those. Everybody over the age of 12, the first 300 people who participate walk away with a $50 incentive. So put some money in your pocket, put some money in the pocket of these black owned businesses, come out and create some memories and support uh, your Indianapolis community. And we hope to see you there. So why not? Let's come out. The monies that we would spend at the mall that are going back into corporate America, that is going into the pockets of those that own corporate America. Why not use those same dollars to be able to come out to the Black Business Bazaar and be able to put that money back into the community and watch that money build up our community through our own personal businesses? Because as Dominique can tell you, when we were growing up, there were the mom and pop stores. Mm -hmm. You had the candy store that was on the corner that was owned by the neighborhood, basically, because the neighborhood was always there. Um, I grew up in Indianapolis off of 32nd and college area, and we had 7-Eleven, but mm -hmm. it ended up being something else because that name was taken and they had to come up with another name. <laughs> but that was one of the stores in our community that actually gave back to the community. Yeah. And so it was an opportunity for people to be able to see. And there are a lot of businesses that are coming up. And I'm going to tell you, when I went to Blacktoberfest, when I tell you the artistry, 
the um, pride and being able to put your product out there for other people to consume and people to tell you how good the product was and what that product did for them is simply amazing. So please come out on Saturday for the sixth annual Black Business Bazaar at the Faye Bickard Glick Neighborhood Center at 2990 West 71st Street from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. We will look forward to you being there. You will see me there taking care of some of Ego Entertainment's advertising and talking to some of the vendors that are there and even talking to Dominic. But come out and share those dollars. Put those dollars back in the pockets of individuals within our community. And in essence, we all win. So this is your girl, Michelle, with the Unapologetically Michelle Show with our guest, Dominic Dorsey. And we look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in and make sure that you check us out on our next go round. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.